Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Engagement, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 welcome. That used to be my clue as to how many people, how many guests we have on the show. We've got four today and what a hot topic we've had. I'm going to introduce the topic with five buzz quotes. That's right, five. So topic, courtesy of Sylvie Lexow, who works for Kirsten Boileau, who's one of our panelists and they're the sponsors of the series. Topic is winter is coming. Yes, I think we know that. It's November 2nd, 2021. Arming marketers with skills for today and beyond, 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 beyond. There we go. So I have a buzz quote from Kip Bodner, who is the CMO of HubSpot. Listen up. Recruiting great marketers should be your company's number one priority. Okay. Buzz number two. This is from Beth Comstock, former GM, CEO, I'm sorry, GE, CMO and vice chairperson. Marketing's job is never done. I think everybody on this panel today knows that. It's about perpetual motion. We must continue to innovate every day. I think everybody can shake their head. By the way, to our listeners on Voice America, I have the privilege of seeing my panelists think and speak. We're on Zoom, so I have the visual, which is a privilege. Buzz number three is from Brian Halligan, HubSpot CEO and co-founder. We've got two people on the buzz today from HubSpot. Just because you are the loudest doesn't make you right. Well, so they are marketers. Buzz number four is from Tom Fishburne, marketoonist. I love that word, founder and CEO. And he said, the best marketing doesn't feel like marketing. Okay. We don't want to be sold to, do we, kids? And buzz number five is from Robert Rose, the content advisory chief strategy officer. That's CSO in the C-suite on the back of the chair. Marketing is telling the world you're a rock star. Content marketing is showing the world. You are a rock star. I love those. So even before the COVID-19 pandemic, technology was accelerating society's rate of change. We know that especially impacting the skills needed in the workforce and marketing has not been spared. I have a quote that Kirsten and uh, Sylvie sent me from McKinsey.com. Listen up. The rapid rise of digitization and remote work has replaced new demands on employees who in many instances now require different skills to support significant changes to how work gets done and to the business priorities that companies are setting. That's the quote. Now, marketers, we're talking to all of you around the world, any company, any size, any industry, any footprint, any maturity, whatever you're doing, if you're a marketer, this is for you. You need to equip yourselves to meet the challenges ahead in the next decade. Yes, we all want to keep working, at least most of us do. What skills are imperative today for you to be in your job? Will those same skills still be relevant? Ah, and needed in 2030? Well, that's only nine years away. Everybody wave when I call your name. Kirsten Boileau, sponsor extraordinaire. Thank you, Kirsten. How many years have we been doing this? I think this is your seventh season. Seven years, I think. Seven years. Seven lucky, years yeah. lucky seven. Anna Millman is with us from Hi. SAP. Hello, Anna. There she is. She is a social listening manager. I wish I had had that title years ago. Maybe people would have listened to me more. We <laughs> have Jeremy Kessler. Hello, Jeremy. Nice to see you. Finally got you on the show, SAP Learning. And Emily L. Phelps doesn't go anywhere without her middle initial. Hi, Emily. Hi, Emily. 
and we're going to ask them to share their expert insights on Sylvie's topic of the day. Winter is coming, arming marketers with skills for today and the decade ahead. Bonnie D in the house, happy to be here. We have a packed house. Let's get started. Kirsten Boylo. Kirsten, you know, I always say there's just a handful of people around the world who don't know who you are and shame on them. Let's get that down to 2.2 people. Talk to the (laughs) point two and tell them, remind them, I'm Kirsten and this is what I do. And why are you here today? Why is this topic important? Kirsten, welcome back. Hi, Bonnie, and hi, everyone. Uh, Kirsten Boylo. I'm based in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada, and I have been um, at SAP for about 15 years. Um, For the first eight years, I was in uh, outbound marketing, and then I have spent um, the last seven years developing uh, big learning programs um, for the first uh, from 2014 to 2021, was mostly focused on digital selling or social selling, as some of you may know it. And the last two years, I've been more focused on uh, upskilling marketing in uh, dig- when it comes to digital marketing. And so now I'm uh, head of uh, marketing and solutions learning and development. And that's a new title, isn't it, Kirsten? Brand new yeah, title? Yeah, yeah. Um, Congratulations. Thank that you. That exciting for you. I've seen you through so- several changes, right, over the years? Yep. Yep. I'm very excited to be here and loving um, being able to uh, support people and support marketers in, in uh, specifically um, in their journey, um, in their careers, but also uh, to making uh, our customer experiences the best that they can be. Thank you very much. Wonderful to have you. You're the sponsor. You need to be here all the time. Anna Millman is up. Anna, we almost got you on a show a couple weeks ago, and here you are. So happy to finally have you here. Why don't you introduce yourself, please, Anna? Welcome. I'm excited to be here, too. Thank you. Um, So my name is Anna Millman. I'm a social listening manager for SAP. Um, I joined SAP about seven years ago as the social media manager, um, responsible for everything, you know, being going out on the channels and, and, and engaging with the inbound and excited to move more into the analysis and a side of social media with listening. So listening is, is all about what's being said about your brand, what's being said about your competitors, your executives, uh, and also trends in your industry. Um, being on top of those with the data that's out there. It's kind of like um, a, a, a focus group that's always <laughs> on in the world of social media that you can step into. I love that metaphor. I do. And I remember when focus groups were something where you'd get people into a room and you'd give them lunch mm-hmm. or a free product or something. And you'd say, what do you think about this toaster? Right. You'd say, Mm -hmm. would you use this? Would your family like it? Would the toast look prettier and people would have breakfast before they ran out of the house in the morning? And then they'd get I'd probably get you to sign an NDA about that. Listening. You're right, Anna. It's all the time. If you're doing your work, it's all the time because different time zones, different social platforms. Mm -hmm. Anna, thank you very much for the intro. Let's go to Jeremy Kessler. Jeremy, welcome. Tell us who you are and what's your passion for our topic. Thanks, Bonnie. Hi, everybody. I'm Jeremy Kessler. I live and work in the Princeton, New Jersey area. Uh, I've been with SAP in learning and development for the past 12 years. Uh, For most of that time, I was on the marketing learning team, and I actually led that team for about five years up until about 2017. So the topic today is one that I've spent a great deal of time thinking about, and I've also worked hard to keep our marketers um, up to date and keep their skills, uh, keeping up with the rapid pace of change in our industry. Uh, I also worked in global marketing years ago at the Coca-Cola company, uh, which is another corporate uh, marketing department. 
I should also mention that uh, this is actually my last week with SAP. As part of my job, I had the opportunity to become an internal coach working with leaders and individual contributors around the world. So I, I decided recently to leave to start my own executive coaching business. So that starts next week. Uh, but I really want to thank uh, Bonnie and Kirsten for having me on today. Uh, Kirsten and I have worked together for many years, I think about 10 years. So it means a lot to get to be on the same panel today and also with our other panelists as well. Course. Wonderful. We will. We, we wish you now, in case we don't have time at the end, because we usually have so much to pack into the end of a show. Wish you well in your new your new part of your journey. Brave you. and bold, Thank going you. out there. So that's perfect for our topic. Jeremy is skills that are needed today and in the decade ahead, and that's what you're planning for in your own career as well as in the people who will be the beneficiaries of your coaching. Right? Indeed. Absolutely. So that's why you're here, because you're an expert in that. Jeremy has an eye on the future. Speaking of eye on the future, it's Emily L. Phelps. I love somebody with a middle initial because I never go anywhere without my D. <laughs> Emily, we're so, and you're the only one in the panel who is not working at SAP. So let's hear from you. Emily, please introduce yourself. What do you do? What's your company about? And why are you here? Emily, go ahead. Hi, I'm Emily Phelps, Emily L. Phelps. I work for a recently acquired startup called Disrupt Ops. It's a cloud security automation company. Uh, I've, I've just hit my one year anniversary there uh, after having been at another cybersecurity company for about six, a little over six years. Um, I love, I fell in love with the cybersecurity marketing world uh, when I, from day one, I didn't know anything about it. And I just fell in love with the audience. It felt like my people. Um, in my role as campaign marketing director, uh, I mean, as a small company, you kind of wear a lot of hats and do a lot of different things, but I'd say my focus has been on content of all varieties. Um, they call me, my, my, my team actually calls me the chief BS officer because <laughs> if there is jargon or nonsense or anything that disrespects the audience's time or intelligence, I strip it out. I am not afraid to use my red pen. Um, and I am very passionate about how we get the right information to the right people in the channels they want it. Um, and that's why I'm here. So Very interesting. Me. And Emily, you said the audiences are my people. I feel like they're my people. I've never heard it quite put like that. And that might be the key to listening, right, Anna? Who are these people? Are they just numbers, faces, blobs? Are they blips on a social channel or on a graph or a chart somewhere or in a quota sheet, right? Oh, we, we did 12 posts and 15 this and that. Or are they people who have feelings? And I love the fact that Chief BS Officer, we, we, by the way, to the audience, we had a prep call yesterday and Emily said, should I spell out what BS stands for? I said, no, just go with, with BS. But I think everybody alive knows what that means. So thank you, Emily. That's a very interesting way of looking at it, your people. Wow, that might lead to a little more respect in the world, or maybe not, I'm not sure. <laughs> Depends on how you talk to your peeps. Okay, thank you all for the introductions. Appreciate that. Let's go around the table. Everybody has sent me a quote. I certainly had my portion of quotes here with five buzz quotes. Kristen Boyleau has sent a quote. And by the way, the quotes are from a movie or a TV character, fictional, nobody real, no Churchill or Einstein or Darwin anymore. We did that years ago, or from a song lyric. So Kirsten always sends me very interesting quotes. She picked... Pai, Pai Patel, Piscine Molitor, Pai Patel, played by Suraj Sharma 
for Pi, and that's the movie Life of Pi, okay? 2012 adventure drama film based on Yan Martell's novel of the same name. And here is the quote. It's a big one. Everybody listen up. It's heavy. To choose doubt as a philosophy of life is akin to choosing immobility as a means of transportation. Wow, Kirsten, this one blew me away. You got, got was, <laughs> what in the world does this have to do with preparing marketing for the next decade? Please regale us. Go ahead. Well, I know, you know, it, I know it sounds like it's very heavy and, and down, but I looked at it in a different way. Um, Bonnie, you and I had this conversation beforehand. Um, and, and I looked at it in a different way. I thought, you know, marketers tend to, um, uh, you know, they're so busy doing what they have to do day to day that learning, and that's so that's my perspective, is that learning tends to come as an afterthought. Um, investing in themselves, investing in upskilling, investing in what they need to know for tomorrow is, um, is not always top of mind. And so I thought this was very um, uh, appropriate for today because it, it's saying it's saying to the marketers, hey, if you choose to doubt or choose immobility as that mode of transportation, you're not going to get anywhere um, uh, in your career and uh, in terms of you know moving your business forward. And so that's how I um, thank you made it work for today. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten typically sends me quotes from Canadian music groups, from rock groups I've well, never Jan heard Well, Jan Martel is a Canadian novelist, so. <laughs> well, there we have it. So there, and now I feel so much better. Don't want to break the mold. Thank you. Anna Millman has sent me a quote that has one, two, three, four, five, six, six parts for three characters from a movie. The movie is a beloved movie. City Slickers, 1991, American Western slapstick comedy film. We have a couple choices here, Anna. You can take the character of Mitch. I can take Phil and then I'll do Ed as well. You want me to read them all? What do you want to do? Yeah, no, whole... let's do that. Who are? Okay. Who am I? You, why don't you be? Uh, why don't you be Mitch? Billy Crystal plays Mitch, and I'll be Phil, okay. played by Daniel Stern. Okay. We're just going to do our real voices. You're Mitch. Yes, Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Wait, but doesn't Phil start? I have Mitch starts. If you want to watch oh. one show, okay. Okay. Where are you? Yes. Oh. Okay. You yes, start. yes, yes. Okay. So okay. if you want to watch one show, but record another show at the same time, the television set does not have to be on Channel Three. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. If you're watching a recording, then it has to be on three. The TV or the machine? The TV. You're saying I can record something I'm not even watching? Yes, that's the point. You, you don't even need a TV to record it. How would I see it? <laughs> to see it, you need a TV. And this is Ed mm -hmm. Bruno Kirby. Yeah. Shut up. Just shut up. He doesn't get it. He'll never get it. It's been four hours. The cows can tape something by now. Forget about it, please. And then Phil, how do you do the clock? The clock. <laughs> and I've never done a back and forth dialogue. For I'm, so <laughs> I'm sorry for my... That's yeah. okay. That's okay. So what in the world does this have to do with marketing today and in the future? I can't wait to hear this one. Go yeah. Ahead. Well, I, I mean, I have a faint memory as a kid of seeing fully capable adults taken down by a VCR. I mean, the <laughs> clock, the recording, the recording while watching something else just could take, you know, people with a PhD and just, you know, leave them in shambles. And, and I remember iPhone coming out and uh, adult figures are people hitting like this, like it was a, like a telephone that you punched the, and I guess the, the point is that uh, tech is always going to be changing and you can either be completely, you know, uh, taken down by it, or you can be on top of it 
and own it. And you got to own it as a marketer. Thank you very much. Don't, don't was... be Phil, be Billy Crystal. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Thank, that was the first time as I said, I've ever done a dialogue back and forth. We should, <laughs> we should have rehearsed that, Anna, but the audience will forgive us. They said, what yeah. are they talking about? They, they got the gist. It was a great scene. Thank you very much. Now we can do scene quotes on future shows. There oh, Kristen, go. think of all the fun we can have with that. Pick a scene and we'll take characters. I like that. Jeremy Kessler has sent a simpler quote from the movie. Where'd you go, Bernadette? I had to, you know, Jeremy, you could do your New Jersey accent if you want. It's a 2019 American comedy drama film. I love when they combine genres in the title or in the description of a film. It's a comedy drama. Okay. Uh, It's about former architect Bernadette Fox, played by the one and only Kate Blanchett. She seems to have it all. A beautiful home in Seattle, a successful and loving husband, a brilliant teenage daughter who's about to attend boarding school. But Bernadette suddenly disappears without a trace and her concerned family sets off on an exciting adventure to solve the mystery of where she has gone. And here is the quote from Paul Jelinek, played by, oh, Lawrence Fishburne, and he is Bernadette's mentor. Here's the quote. People like you must create. That's what you were brought into this world to do, Bernadette. If you don't, you become a menace to society. Oh, I love that part. Jeremy, rescue us. What does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Yeah. And at this point in the movie, um, she actually has become a menace to society and just has a real rough exterior. She's kind of being mean and rude to everyone. So Bernadette is a genius architect who's taken a break from architecture. And uh, to me, what this quote says and why it resonated with me is that your creative energy has to go somewhere. Uh, And you also have to know your strengths. And if you're ever in a position where you're kind of denying your strengths, you're, you know, you're not embracing them, uh, it usually comes back around uh, to you. So um, she was trying to pretend and it just didn't quite work. So I think there's a really important lesson in that for, uh, for marketers. And in this conversation, uh, her mentor is very uh, direct and honest with her. You know, he's not afraid to kind of cut through um, her rough exterior and he's caring, but he's firm in telling her, like, you got to go back to what you love, essentially. So this is the, the essence of great coaching and mentoring and having that difficult conversation that's going to benefit uh, both people. Um, so one of our other panelists I, I saw, um, I think it was Emily, pointed out, um, don't limit yourself just to marketing skills, um, but think of other skills as well. And I think to me, this is you know, one of the important things that this says as well, which is um, make sure that you're paying attention to all of your, uh, your skill set and you're really expanding as a, as a person. Thank you very much. I've often wondered about my degree, my bachelor's degree in psychology, Jeremy, and I realized as a radio host and as a uh, as a broadcaster, I use it every day, as well as my training in improv and comedy. So there you go. Use all your skills, in your all the arrows in your quiver, all the tools in your toolbox. There we go. And speaking of Emily L. Phelps, she has sent us a quote from Leslie, pronounce the last name, is it Nope or Knope, Emily? Nope. 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 K-N-O-P-E. Leslie Nope. See, I haven't watched Parks and Rec. Played by Amy, by Amy Poehler, wonderful actress and comedian, the TV series on NBC from 2009 to 2015. 125 episodes, seven seasons. I do my homework. Leslie Nope. And here is the interesting quote. One, I love this. One person's annoying is another's inspiring and heroic. Oh, Emily, tell us how you found this one. This is a beaut. Go ahead. First of all, you should absolutely watch Parks and Recreation. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. 
part because I grew up in around uh, the national parks. My dad worked for the National Park Service for 45 years. So the, their public meeting demonstrated like the way they would show them was legit. Um, I picked this because I feel like I have a little bit of Leslie Nope in me. I love her all November, which I call Nope-vember. I share her isms. Um, and she is a, Leslie Nope is a purpose-driven, energetic, smart woman who has zero chill. And that's that's me. Um, I think this, this quote for this topic spoke to me kind of in two ways. One, again, audience to me is everything. And what I think this communicates is you can't please everybody. You shouldn't try to most when you try to be everything to everybody, you end up being kind of no one to anyone. Um, so don't necessarily be the annoying person to those to the people who will find you annoying, be the inspiring and heroic people based on what you know about who you're trying to reach. Um, and on a personal note, I also think it's about finding the right place for you. You know, I said that cybersecurity marketing uh, is where I found my people. Um, and it's because I love cybersecurity. I don't, I'm not practicing it, but their audience, uh, the, their practitioners are, we have a lot in common and I love talking to them and I love how they talk to each other. And it, you know, in some fields, you know, snarky humor doesn't work and nerdy memes don't work, but when you when you really know and understand how your audience communicates um and and there's there's it just it makes it better i like fitting in even though i've got purple hair and talk about nerdy things all the time so it's, it's a great space for me <laughs> know your audience i think that's a key to any kind of marketing and any kind of sales and sometimes i think we have to admit there are surprises you think you know your audience and you hit a nerve you touch a weird part of their psyche, whether it's their funny bone, you didn't expect something to be funny, or today with social, uh, shall we say, the adjustments of who believes in what and who talks to whom and who practices what or who is what or who thinks they want to be what, whatever that those choices are, those have flavored the receptivity of audiences to marketing. And I, I'm not gonna mention names, but a very big social platform company just changed their name to a four-letter word, and apparently that word in Hebrew means dead. And the social platforms are going nuts with how could you name a company with a name that means dead? And it's it's offensive or it's more curious than anything. How could you? So it's, it's very hard to read that audience and make them your people. And the question is annoying or inspiring or teaching, right, Kirsten? Or just reaching in the way you intended. That, I think, is the big challenge. So let's move on. It's time now to do a deep dive into our topics. My four panelists have graciously each sent me a bunch of discussion statements. I'll use a couple as conversation starters. Kirsten Boyleau, we are starting with you. I'm looking at statement number one. I'm going to read this, and then I'll go around the table and briefly ask each of your co-panelists to respond, agree or disagree with Kirsten. Kirsten is in a really good mood today. Don't be afraid to disagree with her. Emily, I'm talking to you, okay? The SAP people, that's up to them. And then I'll find a statement from Anna. I'll put it in the chat for you. We'll go around the table, one from Jeremy and one from Emily, and let's see what we cover. So, Kirsten, statement number one. Marketers need a robust and agile enablement team or vendor. Hmm to work closely with them in identifying the skills they need and then create learning content and programs that support the development of those skills. This is like starting at the very beginning. Kirsten, talk to us. 
Yeah, well, this is somewhat of a self-serving comment <laughs> and discussion <laughs> statement given my role. Uh, but it really, it, I wanted to bring it up because it's something that um, marketers, we've talked about marketers needing to invest in themselves and invest in their, their career development. Uh, but in, in order to have that that proper path, the knowing exactly what it is, the skills that they need to invest in, that needs to come from a great partnership from with the learning team and uh, and the strategy teams and the you know the process teams and all of the the various um, organizations that support marketers um, in their you know in the way that they go to business go do their business on a day-to-day basis and so you know this this team needs to be constantly updating um, their learning programs constantly looking for those new skills that are needed constantly um, having those discussions and understanding the the strategy, the operation operating models that they're that they're going to be going through, the processes, the tools they're going to be using, anything that's new coming in, like any new tools that are going to be adopted in the next you know six to twelve months, you know the learning team needs to be part of that so that people can. Um, really understand them, understand how they fit into the broader picture and understand how to use them, you know, if they need to be hands-on with them. And so there's, there's a huge gamut of things, but that, that marketing team or that, um, that enablement team needs to be constantly working hand in hand with, with marketers and with the overall uh, organization to provide that um, consistent upskilling path for them. Thank you. And Kristen, before we go around the table, quick question. What about a smaller company that doesn't have an enablement team, doesn't have a learning team? What do they do? How do they figure out which tools coming up the pike, down the pike, or sitting right there on the uh, the <laughs> desk next to you? How do they know what to use? How is it trial and error? What do they do, Kristen? Well, you know, that's when a vendor can come in. Um, there's all kinds of vendors out there that, that deliver learning um, platforms. Um, they can, you know, be consulting on, you know, which way is your company going and, or, you know, and what do you want to grow in or where, where are you going? How are you adjusting your processes? What tools are you using? Here's what's coming, you know, here's what's new and shiny and bright, but here's, you know, what's proven and true and, and being able to uh, consult with that vendor, understand what they're seeing from all of the interactions that they have in, in their industry and being able to learn from them and then setting up that pathway for their for their marketers as well. Thank you very much. Just wanted to clarify that for our listeners who might not be from big companies, and that's really good advice. Let's go around the table. Anna Millman, agree or disagree with Kirsten? Go ahead. Be bold. Uh, be brave. No, I, I agree, and I live a part of this that it can also create efficiencies. So um, a tangent to this is you know, your team may experience pain points. Um, as someone who works in social media, your team may experience pain points because people who don't understand aspects of social media. So you could also say, okay, this is what we repeatedly get hit by. These are creating time sucks for our team to have to explain or teach one-on-one or to a group with turnover. Um, so doing these kind of trainings are going to streamline that and, and then save that time for what's important. Thank you. Jeremy Kessler, agree or disagree? What do you think? Definitely agree. Um, having sat in the chair um, that uh, Kirsten is in, I definitely agree with what she's saying. It's very important for uh, centralizing uh, and providing an ease of access to marketing learning, um, making sure that we reinforce the best practices, but also that you say yes to effective learning and no to learning that's ineffective. Um, a lot of times when people are just starting out, they don't know 
Um, so if they just build their own thing, they're spinning wheels and they're devoting company resources to learning that's not going to stick and have an impact. Um, most important, I, I, one of the things was reducing, uh, removing redundancy and duplication. Um, I once had two different teams that wanted to buy content marketing learning in the same week. Um, and thankfully, they came to me and I was able to, you know, from a procurement standpoint, prevent the company from buying, you know, multiple content marketing licenses and things like that. So a lot of good reasons to have a team looking out um, just to know what we have. You know, I mean, I think the job of being a librarian um, and a content sort of sitting on the eggs will um, become less important as technology and, and search becomes better within companies to find that learning. But um, that's also a really important aspect is just knowing what you have. Thank you. Very interesting sure. about stopping a duplication of effort from possibly two vendors with different POVs and different packages. And what does everybody learn? Okay, let's go to learning one. Let's go to learning two. Okay, it's Wednesday. We have time to do both. Oh my goodness. Emily L. Phelps, join us. Agree or disagree with Kirsten or whatever anybody else said. Emily. Well, I feel like to disagree that uh, you to have more efficient, more uh, appropriate learning would just be contrarian for contrarian's sake. So <laughs> I, I'm going to say that, that yeah, I certainly agree that you, you want to remove it, redundancies. You want to focus your training on what is coming. But I'll, I will add this caveat that internally, whether you're a big team or a small company, the you need to st set your strategy first. A lot of uh, technologies and learning can be about ways to improve the tactical execution that should be working against that strategy. But a lot of times I see people confuse tactics with strategy and it's important to have that foundation and those fundamental skills first um, that I think have been around for since the beginning of marketing. Um, but yeah, I mean, market, the tactics are changing a lot. And so what I, that's what I would say is be sure that you understand your strategy, how it aligns to the business strategy so that whatever, when you bring in a vendor or when you decide on learnings, you're, you're really mapping it to what's going on across the organization so that it's not um, fully, uh, it's not just the next shiny object. No it's random acts of learning is what I call it. Random acts uh, of learning. Oh, good. Yes. Kir good. Kirsten, do you remember about, oh, five, eight years ago when the big question on the table for marketers was, how many minutes or hours a day am I supposed to spend looking at posts on LinkedIn or Twitter and doing my own posts for my company? Remember? And the question was, well, how much time? Oh, well, if you dedicate one hour a day and you turn off the phone and you stop your emails and you don't pay attention to anything, that should be enough to create a social marketing program for your... Do you remember that, Kirsten? That was the big oh, question yeah. was, how much time is it going to... I still get asked that question. <laughs> um, yeah. How much time is it going to suck out of my day and what is it going to take to do it successfully? Well, if you do 10 minutes before you take your first call in the morning and 10 minutes before you leave at night and fit in 15 minutes that that should be enough and now it's just it's absolutely huge it has grown and burgeoned in years Kristen I'm going to move on to a topic from Anna and then we'll go around the table Anna says to succeed in marketing now Anna this is interesting you say you mm -hmm. need to be a near fi tech geek you need to understand the current limitations but also the fascinating possibilities of artificial intelligence machine learning chatbots voice marketing virtual reality blockchain nfts you have to be able to dig into the data and embrace data-driven decisions if your social media content isn't performing stop evaluate pivot the data is talking to you anna 
We could do a whole two hours on this topic. Right, right. Go ahead. And we don't need to. I mean, at this point, you said earlier, winter is coming, right? Web 3.0 is coming. And that is the AI machine learning. That's the chatbots. That's the voice marketing. It's it's blockchain and NFTs. So it, this is it's coming. It's coming. And it is there are possibilities with these things right now, but there's also limitations. Whether we haven't moved into 5G enough, um, there's just adoption rates that need to be in mass, um, things like that. But it's here, and it's here in pockets of early adopters, of teenagers and youngsters. It's here with uh, tech geeks. It's um, so you can't be behind. You, you need to start stepping into this space. So if you don't have a 14-year-old handy in your life that you can sit down with them, you don't have a tech geek in your life, you know, uh, one of the ways to do it is to watch, uh, instead of sci-fi, near-fi TV, watch Black Mirror, watch, uh, there's a great show called Years and Years that was on HBO and BBC. And you kind of have to put away the dystopian elements in some of these and just study the tech. Because it'll help you visualize how it is coming into reality. And if you have not put on a VR headset and played Beat Saber or done the the mountain climbing game, the climb, you need to do that because you need to step into the world and kind of feel it. Because there's always going to be these barriers and this resistance. Either, oh my God, I'm scared to do it because I'm going to be a beginner and it doesn't feel good to be a beginner after I've had my diploma or I'm so many years old. Um, but we're always going to be navigating tech. There's always going to be new jargon that's just life. So. Wow. 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 We had a quote from the life of Pi from Kristen. We're doing a quote from the life of Anna. Thank <laughs> Anna. That, that was interesting. If you're a beginner, if it's, if it's because of your age or where you are, or what you're doing, dive in, dig in, put the headset on, learn, learn to do what people are doing, see what people are seeing, talk like people are talking. Well, people ahead, resisted. Anna. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the traditional media to new media, which was that move to the internet. And then people resisted social media. Well, look where we are. People, you know, so Look where we are. There we go. Jeremy Kessler, let's look at where we are. Comments on what Anna shared. Agree or disagree, Jeremy? Be brave. Be bold. I, I totally agree. This is what I was alluding to a little bit earlier as far as, you know, if you're a librarian. So it's not necessarily going to replace 100% of your job automation, but it will potentially replace 50% or 30%. So, you know, if you're SAP, for example, and you have 300 people in your learning department and a certain chunk of their job is to help people locate learning that's spread out all over the place. If you have technology tools that make it easier for people to find learning, do you need 300 full-time resources dedicated to that? Maybe you can get away with 150. So you have to be aware of how these technology, the rise of these technology uh, tools and functionality is going to impact your day-to-day and make sure that you're shifting toward the skills that are harder to automate away. Um, that's an important for just job security in general. Interesting. Very that's interesting. That's a really good job. point. It really is. And job security, is. does that exist anymore? That's a whole other show. We'll have to do that now that Kirsten's with learning. We'll have to do that one. Emily L. Phelps, join us. Agree or disagree with what Anna said and or Jeremy's comments. Go ahead, Emily. So I come from the kind of Mark Ritson world of marketing where he, where, uh, there's a lot of shiny objects and chasing them can distract you from the fundamentals that have sustained over time. So again, I'm, I'm kind of playing the middle ground here, but I also, <laughs> I have a hard time disagreeing with Anna cause I love Anna. 
Um, <laughs> and I, I learned so much from Anna. Um, but there are some things that, yes, I think I think it's important to familiarize yourself with what's coming and recognize it's coming. I, I think marketers have a tendency to think it happens immediately. And I obviously, I don't think either one of you said that, but I think that we need to take a, an approach that, you know, trends are a, are a curve. They're not like a straight line. So, you know, they slow down. You know, I don't know if you've seen like in, in 2017, there were a ton of articles. Facebook is dead. Twitter is dead. LinkedIn is dead. They're not dead. They've slowed down and they have a different audience. And I'd say that the same thing is going to be true of AI and machine learning. Those things can make your job more efficient and they can support uh, you doing things that cannot be replaced by technology. I don't know how much like blockchain is going to be relevant to marketers in, in the near term. This is something that came up um, with uh, in the at least in the industry I've worked in where it was everybody was talking about it, but it, it wasn't really there and it still hasn't kind of gotten there. So it's it's important to kind of be aware familiarize yourself, certainly put on the VR headset, and then decide if that's mm -hmm. something you want to pursue because based on what your audience is doing, based on what other people are doing. And if it's not now, put a pin in it, but don't forget about it. Um, it just shouldn't supplant the, the, again, back to the fundamentals. We think of, again, we're talking tactics. Don't, yeah. don't, don't prioritize it over, um, getting those fundamentals down, but definitely don't ignore them and say they're never coming. You don't want to be like the blockbuster when Netflix comes to you and says, hey, we have this thing. So it's it's important to be aware of it. But no, it's not all coming like an avalanche downhill. So can I, so be, can I add yeah, on to? Yeah, please, Emily, please, I mean, ahead. and I adore Emily. She's smart and brilliant and funny, which I love. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think what she's making is this really important point, their strategy. And, and too many times people want to move into a space, a social media channel or something, they don't even have a strategy. Those are tactics. And so it's being ready for the space where tactics will be implemented. Um, and in, in addition to the shiny object, there is this uh, FOMO, fear missing out. So there can be the rush because, well, I want to be the first because it'll look good for me, my resume, my portfolio, or as a as a leader. Or there's um, sometimes you run into the executive whose husband or wife or child is on it, and suddenly it's a shiny object. Or there, you know. So yes, you have to know. It, it, don't be on the channel if your audience isn't there, or don't mm -hmm. be on the channel and and make a rush, and then you create a risk situation for your brand because you went out there and you you went ugly and uninformed into the space so and risks get amplified very quickly yes. on social platforms a tweet yeah. is not a whisper it's a <laughs> scream it's a shout it's a hello world kirsten i want to get you in on this topic before we move on i've got one already picked from jeremy kirsten what do you think let's wrap this one i just wanted to kind of from a learning perspective you know um i, I agree with what everybody said is you know focus on the, getting the strategy and understanding how it's going to be used. And then from a learning perspective, you need to pick out the skills that people don't already have or the knowledge that they don't already have and focus on those things. Thank you very much. Good topic, Anna. Appreciate that. Let's move on. Jeremy, I'm looking at statement number one, the A word today. It's the word everybody's buzzing about, a people word, a company word, an organization word, agility. Aha. And Jeremy takes a controversial view of this. He says, agility is elusive and often 
overrated as a marketing skill. Everybody listen up. People who match agile profiles, who also have a high level of entrepreneurial qualities and creativity can be challenging to manage and are also not good as managers. Oh my, Mr. Kessler, go ahead. Talk to this one, please. So I can't take credit for drawing this conclusion on my own. I have to give a shout out to one of my colleagues, which is Lisa uh, Halim. Um, Lisa posted this uh, years ago. I think it was probably 2014 or 2015. Um, it's from a 2012 study uh, by the Corporate Executive Board that's called Driving Marketing Performance in a Volatile Environment. The environment is still volatile. Uh, the surprising qualities of the best marketing teams. It's funny that they say teams because it's actually most about individuals and traits and skills. So um, one of the things that they researched was this uh, notion of agility, right? Agility and innovation and entrepreneurial skills. Um, and what they found was that um, that was not correlated as closely with performance as people expected. Um, the skill that was found, or the, the trait rather, that was found to be most correlated with performance was grit and resilience. And um, I thought this was a really fascinating study. It's about you know 20 pages long. I encourage everybody to, uh, to go check it out. And I, I hope that there'll be more research like that in this field, because that's one of the things that can benefit everyone, I think, as far as knowing what really works, not just knowing what the, the buzzwords are or what the latest um, you know, fad is as far as hiring for certain skills. So um, as far as agility versus grit, I think anybody who's spent time in a corporate marketing department understands why grit is important. Um, it's not always easy. Uh, it's uncertain, it's changing. There are reorganizations, there are all kinds of other trends. So sometimes, sometimes we need like helmet and shoulder pads uh, to <laughs> function in a corporate marketing department. So, um, but the skill of grit means also not being distracted, right? Understanding priorities and being able to kind of grind out the project and the results despite anything that's thrown your way. So that was really what that point was all about. Very interesting. Agility versus Gretere, the right balance of the two. Emily, you're sitting next to Jeremy on this round. Go ahead, talk to us, please. Well, you're definitely speaking my language when you're talking about getting beyond the buzzwords. And it's funny, my first internship 20 years ago, I was told, okay, if you get into public relations and marketing, you're going to become ADD. And I didn't know what they meant. I, it, I learned very quickly. So I agree that grit, number one, grit is just another way of saying tenacious. And tenacious is probably my favorite word, uh, I, is, is paramount. You, you have to be willing to work through a problem. And I, I do find that that can be a challenge, especially with kind of these expedited timelines. Do I, th I don't think the entrepreneurial spirit is what's going to make or break a business. I do think flexibility is important, which to me ha has some similar attributes. Uh, you have to be able to adjust to changing priorities, but at the same time, you have to, I I'd say it's more important to be able to have a of a more incremental approach as opposed to this will we need to just fat fail fast and break everything and and then fix it a lot of times people say fail fast and break things but then sometimes it's hard to remedy the things you break and they don't always come back together so i i have to say hard agree on this one 
Words of wisdom, fail fast. I haven't heard the break everything part. I've heard fail fast, fail often. And that's been a mantra in so many organizations for the past five or eight, 10 years, perhaps. But break everything and your your words of wisdom, Emily, sometimes you can't fix what you broke. Very, very interesting. It's like, do you really want those to be the last words you say when you leave a room at, at a family gathering and have to be able to go back next year? Kristen, you're sitting next to Emily on this round. Go ahead, join us, please. Yeah, well, when uh, when Jeremy, you know, first read out the the discussion statement, I was like, really, really, where are you going to go with this one? <laughs> but because partly because um, I am uh, on the board of a um, community here at SAP called the Digital Tribe, and the Digital Tribe's um, kind of vision and mantra is about you know, innovation, driving innovation in marketing and, uh, and really, you know, doing those fail fast, fail often type things. Um, but you're right. I, I think that there is a certain degree, uh, if not um, a requirement to have grit as an underlying quality, because even when it comes to innovation, because if you're, um, you know, if you don't have any grit when it comes to innovation, you're not going to get anywhere because, you know, you run up against um, obstacles, roadblocks, um, you know, leaders that don't want to buy in. And if you don't have any grit, you're never, you'll never get your idea past where you want it to go. Thank you very um, so much. So I would absolutely agree. Go ahead. Good, yeah, you I'm, agree. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Kirsten, we just lost your feed there. There we go. We got you. Anna, you're sitting next to Kirsten. What do you think? Um, I, I guess I'll add on with the grit is um, that you know, the, this this move fast to break things. And if we're breaking things with um, machine learning and facial recognition, and then it uh, leads to tragedy, you know, part of the grit is that as more and more companies use this purpose-driven language and say that they're purpose-driven, we're going to need people with the shoulder pads on and, and, and the protective gear to keep pushing to say, look, what is the sustainability side of this? What is the risk of this? Uh, what are the advantages? And have the grit to, to make people open their eyes and really look at it. Um, and then also, you know, we've had with uh, COVID-19 a, a cataclysmic event, uh, a world shifting event. And if there's a future of 10, 20 years with more of those, you're going to need grit because um, things will change, change fast, change hard, and you'll need to be insightful, but also upgrade. Full body armor, forget about the shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Perhaps helmets and everything. Uh, yeah. Okay. There you, there you go. We, we need more. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Thank you for that. I'm going to move on to statement number four from Emily, because this is a topic I don't think we've covered yet, Emily, very important. She says, storytelling never goes out of style. Humans are wired for narrative. It may change form, but you, if you can identify what your story is and how to tell it, package it and deliver it in a meaningful way. You've got a skill, I'm going to put parenthetically, as a marketer for the ages, Emily, that transcends the trends. Emily, talk to us. Go ahead. So I would say I've always considered myself a storyteller. It has become a buzzword in the last few years, so I know that that kind of goes against my like jargony <laughs> stuff. Um, but even on my pro, I've, I've always said every story needs a teller. If you think about history, we've always told stories. It's how people retain information best. We might recite statistics and data, but we remember the stories. And it's important to be, and we remember the authentic ones. People want to know who you really are, especially today. Uh, inauthenticity is not hard to detect, and it 
I consider myself a trust-based marketer. So if you violate that kind of, if people think that you're blowing smoke, then they're not going to believe anything else you say. It's just, it just is a big turnoff to people. So again, I mean, again, it's kind of strategy and tactics. And while storytelling is is a tactic, it's, it's also so fundamental to your strategy to understand who you are, what you offer, and who what who you're talking to, and and what how it all comes together. So some might be written. I'm I'm a big writer. I, I like the words. I ramble when I talk. Obviously, I'm much better with that. <laughs> I'm much better at reading. Some people are better with video. Again, it, the tactics change. The the wit the the vehicle the platforms change depending on who your audience is but you're never going to you're just not going to go out of style if you know how to tell a story that keeps someone engaged we say people have short attention spans not when it comes to something that really grabs them thank you emily and i was going to pick emily statement number one which starts with learn to speak the native language of your audience but she touched on that a a few minutes ago and there's something called the four humors i don't know if any of you have done any reading on the history of how we communicate but if somebody says to you i feel your pain that's more of a tactile statement i see your point i hear you those are some of the ways we we express how we want to be communicated with. I ended the sentence with a preposition. Sorry for that. <laughs> anyway, let's go around the table. We got about seven minutes left. Emily, sitting next to you is Kirsten. Kirsten, storytelling. I know you love that topic. Talk oh, to us. Oh, I do about- love storytelling. Go ahead. Yeah, I think storytelling is so important from a marketing and a sales perspective. Um, you want people to, when when people are listening to you, you want to be able to meet them at that emotional level. Um, because one, it creates a memory, but two, you get them thinking about, you know, this is what I want to be, or this is definitely where I don't want to go. You have, they have some sort of reaction, some sort of um, uh, you know, way of, of uh, relating to that story that creates a, uh, a memory. And if you create a memory, of course, the more memories you create with your audience, the more um, you will be known by your audience and the more likely you are to be able to sell to them and to have beyond, you know, be at that end game, be doing, you know, the, the very end um, process with them when you're wanting to sell to them. Uh, you need to be able to have that uh, emotional connection to your audience and you can, it's such a great way uh, through storytelling. Emotional empathy, right? Listening, hearing, understanding, uh, authentic- authenticity, authenticity. Yeah. Know yeah. who your audience is and be there with them. Anna Millman, talk to me. Two minutes. Go ahead. Oh well, and if you can tell a good story, you know it'll shift from the attention span of a goldfish to, you know, I, I've been in a theater space with a professional storyteller and seen the entire audience at a certain point stop breathing. Uh, sometimes it'll happen in movies that I'll, you know, but a good story will make you pause. And that'll be so like it, as we get inundated with more and more messaging, more and more technology as messaging towards us is 24 um, seven. What, what it will be like for the 20 year old, 30 year old, all of us in, in 10 to 20 years, um, it'll still, the, the story will pierce through. Mm-hmm. The challenge will be doing that in 15 seconds, or if it's not the swipe of the thumb going really fast, you know, that, that's going to be the key. So, 
I thought it was the attention span of a squirrel. I read a book on squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. We left goldfish a while ago. I or think. my dog with the squirrel. Yeah, yeah, I don't you know. got, yeah. yeah that's my, my, my <laughs> grandpuppies with the squirrel. That's absolutely yeah. right. Jeremy, you get the last word on this one. What do you think? Sure. No, I mean, I, there's not that much more to say. I love all the comments that have been shared so far. Um, I We always looked at storytelling as one of the main you know areas of managing marketing uh, sort of skill areas, right? Like branding, social media, um, digital you know marketing, and uh, storytelling was one of those. So it's important, an important key kind of core skill, I would say. Thank you very much. Good topic. Emily, you want to wrap anything up about this? This was yours. I'll give you uh, one minute. Talk to me. Oh, yeah, I, I guess I would just say that, um, you know, people are human beings, not receptacles for, you know, just a, a quick message about bombarding them with what you sell, like, talk to them the way I, I, I will say this, my, my, uh, someone once said to me, we can't, we can't be funny talking about cybersecurity, because we talk about it's a serious topic. And what that showed me is they had never seen cybersecurity people talk to one another. <laughs> and that is very important to storytelling, is understanding not how a marketer would respond to your story, but how the people you're trying to reach would respond and where they are. Thank you. And I'm, this go, takes me back to my buzz quote number four from Tom Fishburne, the founder and CEO of Marketunist. And he said, the best marketing doesn't feel like marketing. We don't want to be sold to. We don't want to be preached to. We don't want to be told what to do. We want somebody to understand us, to appreciate us, to figure out what our needs are, what our language is, and help us get somewhere we want to be. Am I right? In our business, in our personal lives, we want somebody who can take us there. Kirsten, wonderful panel. Shout out to Sylvie, who works with you. Wonderful topic. It was topic. fantastic. Sylvie, what a conversation we've had. Let me just get a raise of hands here. If we met again one year, Kristen, you got to continue this series. I'm sorry. If we met again one year from today, November 2nd, 2022, would we still be talking about what the same skills that marketers will need for the future decade? Yes or no? Will we still be talking about the same? Will we have a, a different conversation? Raise your hands if you say the same skills. <laughs> Well, that was tentative. Okay, well, then I think we're going to have to. I'll invite you all on one of my technology shows, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Kirsten, I think we have one more episode left. What are we going to be talking about in a couple weeks in your December show? Any uh, preview here? Yeah, well, we're going to have a, a, a kind of a roundup of a number of people that have been on the show over the last seven years and talking about where they think marketing is going, what's happening in from a marketing technology standpoint, marketing skills standpoint, marketing in general standpoint uh, over the next five to 10 years. Thank you very much. We're always learning with you, Kirsten. What a wonderful ride for seven years with you. I'm not saying goodbye yet, but you're one of, one of my favorite sponsors. Don't tell the others. So I want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you to Aaron. Everybody say thank you, Aaron, our engineer. Thank you, thank you Aaron. Aaron. Thank, thank you, Aaron. Aaron. Aaron started working with me three years ago. He was 26. He just celebrated his 63rd birthday. Jeremy, you'll get that later. <laughs> oh, there you go. You got it. Okay, everybody, here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Yes, my car is still getting two months to the gallon. I really 
really don't leave the office much. Go out and be a game changer today. Wave when I say your name, just like Kirsten Boylow. Kirsten, we love you. Just like Anna Millman. Fabulous, Anna. Thank you for sharing. I love the dialogue with you. We can read movie scripts anytime. Jeremy <laughs> Kessler, wishing you all the best in your new role. Mazel tov, everything good. Emily L. Phelps, keep the L going. We love you. That's the L for Emily. Great insights and great opportunity to meet you here. We appreciate it. Bonnie D. Graham signing off, everybody. Wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Engagement, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again, Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.